So let us open our hearts as we receive what it is that the Lord has got in store for us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has brought us throughout the past 52 weeks, one after the other, day after day, day after day, the Lord has been... Just a moment, please. It turns out that I hadn't turned this one on. All right. So we thank God that uh, in his faithfulness, he continues to watch over us. In his faithfulness, he continues to uphold us. In his faithfulness, he continues to encourage us. In his faithfulness, he continues to keep us. As the word of God says, he keeps you and he keeps me as the apple of his own, heart, his own eye. You can imagine how precious the apple of your eye is. Even if you yourself, you get your finger to try to go close to it, the eye closes before the finger, before the finger gets there. That is how precious that particular place is. And he says, he keeps you and he keeps me as the apple of his own eye. So I want you to be encouraged even today, whether you are here, you are on Zoom or you are on the YouTube, let us rejoice that this year comes to an end, a proof that he continues to keep us as the apple of his eye. We may have gone through the fire. We may have gone through the floods. We may have gone through the rivers. But it doesn't matter. He remains faithful. He watches over us and he keeps us because of his loving kindness and because of his grace. Let us pray just as we get into the word of God today in the name of the Lord. Father, we bless you and we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that your good and your love endures forever. We thank you, dear Lord God, to, uh, for gathering us together again as part of your body, that we may be able to fellowship, oh dear God, to worship you and to give you thanks, oh dear Lord, to partake in the Lord's table together, mighty King of glory, and to just remember of your goodness and of your loving kindness unto us. Father, we say thank you. We say thank you, dear Lord God, that this is the last Sunday of 2020. And Father, we continue to look up unto you, mighty King of glory, because, dear Lord, we are standing on this particular day because of your love, because of your grace, because of your care, that you continue to care for us, oh dear God. And in Jesus' name, as we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, I pray that as your word comes through unto us today, even as we close, the year for this particular Sunday, mighty King of glory, let your word stir up your faith again in our spirits so that as we praise on forwards, we shall be found pleasing before you, just as your word has said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So help us that your word will continue to find access into our spirits to shed a light in every area of our lives that as light shines into our being, faith will arise, and the name of the Lord shall be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he Because 
came to give unto us. And why was that done? I want to have, as I was meditating on what it is to share, to share today, we were to continue, and sort of with the message that I've been teaching, the series that I was teaching about the good soil, about, about the parable of the, of, the, of the soil. And I want us to read that particular passage yet once again, then we shall share one word that the Lord laid upon my heart. Just, and it's interesting because that's what all the message that has been throughout all the, from the beginning, I was smiling as I was hearing the new and sharing, you know, and then we came because he leaves, I confess, tomorrow. Then Florence rises to come to, 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 to do her intercessory prayer. And what does she say again? That, you know, when my heart is overwhelmed, you know, lead me to that rock. Again, touching the same, same topic, the same, same word. Then I realized, Lord, thank you. You have just confirmed what it is that, you know, you laid upon my heart. Because I was continually looking at what it is, the continuing with the series. But it, it, the word came to me that this is part of the series. Before you go into the next one, this one needs to be sorted out first. And that is as we close the year. This word came and it, it was so heavy even this morning. He kept on saying, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. That word kept on ringing over and over. And I decided, well, that's what I'm going to tell God's people. Fear not. Simple. Such a, such a simple message. But interesting enough, it linked unto what it is that we have been, the series we have been studying. So let us read once again, Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15. I want us to remind ourselves what we've been reading. This parable, once again, let me tell you something about it. It gives a full picture of the kingdom. If you grasp this particular parable, what the Lord is trying to teach us, he is actually presenting unto us what the kingdom of God is all about and the fullness and the goodness of that particular kingdom. That's why I touched and said, he gave us a full package when he brought Jesus because it was the fullness of the Godhead fully packed in this young boy. And as he grows and he becomes a full man and he goes to the cross and once again as he is, is, is planted into the ground when he rises, the fullness of the glory of that kingdom is finally released for you and for me. For the honor and for the glory of his wonderful name. Why do I say this parable is so awesome? He, the parable begins with a seed. As we told it, the good soil. It begins with a seed. And I said, as I said in the last time we shared, it ends with a fruit. It begins with a seed and ends with a fruit. But if you look at the fruit and the seed, you will discover the fruit, the fruit is just actually a package of the seeds. Because the fruit is basically carries the seed. So essentially, he begins with the, with the seed, with the word, and he ends with the word. What is he telling you? He's teaching you about eternity in, a, in this particular parable. Because as he begins with the seed, everything is found in the seed. And as the seed is planted and appears to die, Suddenly it will come up at the end after all this particular time of patience working wonderfully throughout, you know, the way, whatever it, way it works. It reaches the end and it brings forth the fruit. And what is the fruit? The fruit is a package of seeds 
from that one seed, it again brings back the beginning, indicating the moment you take that seed in you, you will never die. That is the beauty of the seed, that you reach the end and once again it's as if more life, more than even the first one that was planted, again you discover, wow, I've got a hundredfold of lives that I'm going to have to live yet once again. You go through again, that, as it turned, no wonder some, I, I sing a song and say, you know, as it turned, I will praise him more and more. And when eternity ends and starts all over again, it essentially indicating the seed comes, reaches the end, produces the fruit, then again, it is the seed. It is ready, rearing again to begin another new journey. It does not end. It will begin again, and then it begins again. That is the beauty and the grace, the power, the favor, the goodness that God has planned for those that believe in him. The goodness of the Lord will never end for you. It will never end for you that believe. And that's what it is that for a moment we are going to just touch some few aspects of it in this particular parable yet once again. I read just quickly just for us to remember what the word of God said. He said, and when a great Luke chapter 8 from verse 4 up to verse 15. The word of God says, and when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? He said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of, of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Lest they should believe and be saved. Take note of that. Lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root. Who believe, again, take note of that, who believe for a while and in time of temptation, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, they keep it and bear fruit with patience. Praise God. We have touched on all the aspects of that parable, and I'm not going into it. 
I just want to highlight this one aspect. It begins with the hard ground. And I will say this. Maybe you have broken the hard ground. Your heart is no longer hard. Good. Secondly, it comes to the rocky soil. Or the heart of rock. It has so many rocks. Maybe you have cleared your ground of the rocks. So that the word of God is able to find to be accommodated within your heart. That is within your soil. And that is good. It comes on. It goes to the uh, ground with thorns. And maybe you have guarded your soil and you have guarded your heart. Against the thorns and the roots of bitterness. You have managed to guard your heart. And all these particular you know, interferences have been removed from your soil or from your heart. The last thing that, that I'm saying that's good. Now that soil can appear to be good. And it can look to be good to everybody. But I want us now to look. That that soil or that ground or that heart that has been broken, that has removed all the rocks and the thorns, the bitterness and the things that hinders the word from being able to grow in it. I want you to realize that that soil or that heart must be in a good environment to enable the seed to reach maturity. Have you known of acidic soils and alkaline soils? A soil can be so acidic, it can be a good soil. There are no rocks, there are no thorns, it is clear and lovely, but it is too acidic. No seed will grow in that particular soil. It kills every particular soil, every seed that is planted in it. Or it is too alkaline. No seed will still grow in it. So it will appear to the eye. That it all is well. Everything looks so good. But nothing is coming to maturity. And that's what the Lord is now speaking unto. He, he brought this word into my spirit to share with us. As he spoke to me, he speaks unto you as well. And the thing that touched my spirit on this particular aspect, I wondered, why the environment? What is it about the environment? Last time, we touched the aspect of love. And in November when I shared on this particular aspect again of the soil, I touched on the environment of love. And I was thinking I'd finished it all. But there came this one thing. That the greatest and most effective tool in the enemy's arsenal, whatever the best tool that he has in his arsenal, is something that we call fear. Fear is the most powerful, effective tool that the enemy has in his arsenal. Fear is the environment and the foundation, or the bedrock, I call it, of evil. If you want to understand see where evil comes from, evil emanates from fear. Think about it, even when if, if I will just give one simple, one simple example. When the Bible says the root of all evil is, my, is love of money, all right? 
Now, he says the root. Where does that root grow? It has to grow in a certain ground somewhere. And as I'm saying, fear is the bedrock. The greed, greed emanates from fear. I want, maybe if I don't have, I'll not have enough. There is at the base, there is fear that is pushing humanity. Mankind is being pushed on and on with fear. Hence, amass, hold, you know, refuse to give. You know, all these particular things are because of an element of fear that is lingering somewhere in the back of our being. I want you to look at the Garden of Eden. Fear is what made Adam to eat the forbidden fruit. Why? Because he feared what he did not know. You may wonder how. But the thing is, Adam and Eve, they feared what they did not know. The devil comes and tells them, Oh, God said, you will, you, you know, he knows you will know good and evil. But they didn't know what good and evil is. So it was meaningless. It was meaningless to them. So out of fear of what they did not know, they go to do what? They go to eat. And because from that particular route, all mankind has gone down that particular path of destruction. Briefly, fear clouded, or you can say fear covered, or you let us say fear polluted the skies and the environment of that particular garden of Eden. And it made Adam and Eve to lose sight of love. Love had been covering them all these particular years, as long as they had been in that particular garden. But fear made them to lose sight of love. In other words, we may say, fear short-circuited. It short-circuited Adam and Eve's memory, making them forget what God had said. Fear will make you and I forget what the Lord has spoken and he has said about us. It makes us to take a wrong turn because we forget. It wiped out the memory of what God had said. I want you to realize something. God never said to Adam and Eve that you will not know evil and good. He never told them you will not know evil and good. He never said that. If you read Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, listen to what God said. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So he didn't tell them, Adam and Eve, you are not going to know evil. You will not know what evil and good is. No, he just told them, you don't eat of that particular fruit because if you eat it, you are going to die. Now I want you to ask, why did he? Why is it that he told them in that particular? I was meditating on it, and I realized something. Adam was created in the image of God. All right, God is good. All right, meaning Adam was a reflection of what good is. Adam was goodness. Adam and Eve, the two of them, they were pure goodness. You look in the, if you wanted to see what goodness looked like, you didn't want to think about it. It was here. It was them. It was Adam and Eve. 
And no wonder God said he looked and it was very good. Because he was looking at a reflection of himself. When he wanted, if you wanted to see how heaven looked like, you know what? You just needed to look at Eden. Why? Because Eden was an environment that was similar to where he, God, stays. He had made man and woman in his image, so he must have placed them in an environment similar to the one that he, he, he abides in. And that was heaven. So Eden was like a physical heaven, not a spiritual one. Such a wonderful place to be. So goodness was walking in that place. Now if you want to know how evil does not look like, you needed only to look at Adam. There was no evil. Look at Eve. There was no evil. That was, you know, no evil walking. No evil. And hence, that's why they did not have to know, have any knowledge of good and evil because they were the perfection of goodness. There was no evil. Evil was a lie. Evil was not there at all. Don't think of saying that because the serpent, the serpent was in the garden that there was evil in the garden. No. There was no evil in the garden. It is fear of the unknown that suddenly turns the heart of this man and this woman from knowing what God had given unto them. And again, another thing I want you to realize. Fear made Adam not to ask for forgiveness. Do you realize that? God, God didn't want to, I don't think God maybe wanted to kick man out. He had told him, you will die the day you eat of this particular fruit. And then when God appears in the garden and he asks him, Adam, where are you? Adam says, I was hiding because I was, I was naked. Then God asks him, How did you, who told you you are naked? Or did you eat of the fruit that I told you you don't have to eat? You don't have to eat. At that juncture, I believe, having read scripture all throughout, and you and I know, if Adam had broken down and told God, I have made the mistake. I have eaten of the fruit that you gave. You told me not to eat. I have sinned. Forgive me. Nora, I have done that mistake. Forgive me. He never asked for forgiveness. I believe it's like God gave him an opportunity. But he didn't. Instead, in the end, the blame game started. It is this woman that you gave unto me. She gave of me and I ate. Straight away, what has been happening in your life and in my life started. Blaming, always shifting the blame to somebody else and not taking the responsibility. And that's the hence, Fear locked mankind into that sphere of toil and swear and sweat. Fear locked man into that particular place of competition and judgment. That's when competition came in. We compete against each other. Churches compete against each other to try to show who is better than the other one. Imagine a body, the hand, competing against the foot, trying to prove it is better than the fruit, while the foot is trying to say, no, I'm better than the ear, and the ear is saying, no, 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 I am better than the eye. That's what we are doing in our present time. Why? Because of fear. And hence, God looks at the whole confusion, and he decides after a long time 
that his character cannot get it. So what does he do? He does what we shared last week. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then he comes, he says, whosoever believes. Once again, he comes back from to that principle that we shared last week. That the just shall live by faith. And what is faith? Faith is the absence of fear. Faith is another word that says, fear not. That, in other words, is what faith is. And that's how man and woman had lived in, in Eden. They did not fear. But when they started to fear, that's when they died. Fear brings death into whatever it is that you try to lay your hand on. And my brother and my sister, as we enter into 2021, we close this 2020, Jesus is saying, my child, fear not. Fear not. Only believe. Regardless of what you face, what you experience, only believe. That's what he required of man in the Garden of Eden. Realize, Adam never saw God in person. The word of God says he only used to hear the voice. All right? And as long as he had the voice, the guy was cool. He loved it that way. But the moment he doubted that particular voice, he entered into the downward slide. He lost it all. Similarly for you and for me. Unless we have faith, we shall slide downwards. And the Lord wants you to prosper in what you are doing. The Lord wants to prosper you in your faith. In what you lay your hands on to do. But he wants it to be grounded on that particular rock of faith. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make up your mind from today. As I enter into this year in 2021. I know I'm facing rough situations. But I'm going to face every one of you rough situations. I'm going to pass through. Because he who has promised. He is faithful. And he is just. Hear what he says. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 and 19. He says. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You will have no boldness if you have fear. He says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. The Lord is calling you into this particular new place of living without fear in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make up your mind from today. Let this be your prayer and your confession. I will not let fear put me down 
in anything, in any way, at any time, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I will not be scared, neither will I profess fear or say I am scared. I will not speak those words. Why? Because he tells me, fear not. Regardless of what it is or where I am, remember, love says, in other words, where we have reigned, love says, fear not. In other words, love is saying, only believe. Praise God. It is not a, sweat, a toil. It is not a sweat. It is not you are not going to strive and compete with anything. He simply says, only believe. You will not seek to criticize. You know why people, people find bitterness? Bitterness will come because maybe I look at her. And because I fear that, oh, she's going to do better than me. And I can't get away to pass, but to pass her. I start feeling bad about I start resenting her. It is all stemming from fear. Jealousy stems from fear. Hatred stems from fear. It is a fear of what that individual has. Maybe it is what I would have gotten. And as a result, I allow that fear to cover me. And I start hating my brother or hating my sister. May the Lord help you and help me. Amen. That we shall overcome this particular fear. We look at our homes and we wonder, oh, I'm afraid what is going to happen. Don't say I'm afraid. Declare, Father, you have made a promise. It shall be well in the name of Jesus Christ. Now listen to what he says. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 24. Mark chapter 11, 22 and 24, he says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. That is, in other words, fear not, praise God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have them. I want you to cry unto God, Father, let your word open my heart so that I may be able to receive it and thereby bring forth faith in my spirit in the name of Jesus. I'll read the following scriptures very quickly and then we shall come to an end. I want you to take note of every one of them. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. Remember, we are saying the environment for the good soil to make sure no acidity is found in your soul, but just the optimum environment for your soil to allow the word of God to grow. Listen what he says, Deuteronomy <clears throat> chapter 31 and verse 8. And the Lord he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. 
Again, he's telling you the same words. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Hold on. In other words, saying, have faith in God. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He again is telling you, have faith in God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14 to 19. The word of God says, Then the Spirit of the Lord God came upon Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. May the Spirit of the Lord come upon you as well to speak this particular word unto his body and unto his children. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, and these are your words. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come by the ascent of seas, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah, O Son of God, O daughter of the Most High God, do not fear nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Again, he's telling you, have faith in God. Psalms 18, 28 to 33. The word says, for you will light my lamp. God will light your lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He will enlighten your darkness. For by you, that is by God, you can run against a troop. By your God, you will leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms you with strength and makes your way perfect. He makes your feet like the feet of a deer. He sets you on your high places. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. The Lord is telling you, have faith in God. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 2. But now, that says the Lord, who created you, O Chris, O Sarah, O Renata, O Mary, O Leah, O Karina, O Savannah, O Florence, O Caroline, O Louise, O Richard, O Simon, all you that is on YouTube and you that is on Zoom. Here he says, But now says the Lord who created you and who found you, O child of God, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. And then Jesus himself, he finalizes, he comes in John chapter, 24, chapter 14, verse 27, and he speaks to, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Have faith in God. And he closes it with Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, let it be unto each one of us that are here, those that are within the sound of my hearing, or the hearing of my sound, those that are in their homes, let it be unto us according to your word. We shall not be afraid. I pray that your spirit comes upon your people. Let your spirit come upon us as a church, as a body of believers, oh God, upon our families. Let it be that, Lord, as we close this year and as we step into the next year, let there be none that will be found to be afraid. Let faith arise in the souls of your children. Let faith arise in the hearts of your beloved. Let faith arise in the minds of your people. We will not fear. We will believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.